0: Hello, and welcome to the Two Gals in a Mic podcast. I'm your host, Sue Curver. and on this week's episode, I'm chatting with a woman whose superpower is helping us all understand that we all matter. Jamika Edwards is an Army veteran, a published author, and a tenacious marathon runner. Jamika, welcome to the show. I'm so happy and honored to be here. Well, I am so excited to have you. You have been on a quest for at least a decade now to help people plug into purpose. So tell us a little bit about how this all started and why it has been important to you.
1: How did this all come about? So in January 2014, I set the goal to write a book. I did not know what this book was going to be called. But this um, stemmed from me doing my first paid motivational um, talk in 2013. One man who I've looked up to since I was in high school, his name is Eddie Slowakowski. He heard my first talk and he gave me some pointers. And then another man, Dave, the chef, he said, you got to write a book. And I'm like, I don't know about writing a book. I just want to talk. I just want to be a motivational speaker. And he was like, but you got to have a product. So when you finish talking, you can leave the audience with something. And I just started thinking, you matter, you matter. That's how the first part of the title came. Then I thought about what would I write about? I just thought about my life and I was like, you know what? A lot of people make me feel like I don't matter, but there are so many more people in my life that make me feel like I do matter. So I'm going to send an email and reach out to people that I know that I've met and see what they have to say. So that was the quest of You Matter, and it ended up being what would living in your purpose every day look like. So, the book became a compilation of stories and many testimonials from people and about people that I've met all across the world. Um, I lived in Germany for a couple of years. So, there are some people that I met there that are in the book, but I've lived in different states. I've traveled to different states due to the military and also being a part of organizations my entire life. So, these um, stories from people or about people, um, it just talks about how I made an impact on their life and vice versa. Everybody matters. Everyone has a purpose. We all have a different story. There's a new chapter that can happen in our life. As long as we have breath, we matter, we have purpose.
0: And so in 2014, you finished your book, you published this book, the You Matter book, and then you went on a book tour, but it was a pretty unconventional book tour. So walk us through this incredible
1: journey. When I came up with a book, You Matter, I was at that time married. June, 2014, I filed for divorce and July, 2014, the book was published. So August, 2014, I lost my job and all I had was my book. I decided I'm going to create a book tour with no money, But my faith in God and trust that something big would happen. My hashtag then, my hashtag still now, big things are happening. Even if nothing big is happening, I'm still speaking it. Speak those things that are not as though they are. So big things are happening. The best is yet to come.
0: But did you feel any kind of fear? I mean, was there uncertainty, fear? And how did you even get through that to push into actioning the tour?
1: There was fear, but I knew I had nothing to lose because I lost everything anyway. There was nothing else to lose. I don't have any money. I don't have a job. And then I didn't have a place to live. All I could do was win after that. I mean, there was nothing else to fail. My kids were my motivation. I knew that I had to show them No matter how rock bottom you become, there's always a way to get back up as long as you move, as long as you keep
0: moving forward.
1: Yeah, I was afraid, but I, I was too afraid to not take a chance on myself.
0: So walk us through how you took a chance on yourself.
1: My first major book signing was at a nonprofit organization. I was a member of this organization and I also became a national officer. That was the driving force to get my book published by July 8th because I needed to have the books in hand for this conference. I had signed the contract, so there was no turning back. From this first book signing, I drove cross country to Illinois and I was able to do a book signing at the church that I grew up in you know, the word started to spread. And then I started finding Kiwanis Clubs and Rotary Clubs in Illinois. I went to a Rotary Club meeting unannounced. I made eye contact with someone, the first person I would meet. I did not know at the time, but she happened to be the president. Her name is Jeannie Cutler, but she allowed me to get up and talk about my book. And then she introduced me to one of the senators of Illinois. We were able to have a one-on-one meeting and we talked about it and he you know, he would help endorse the book. Then I went back to Washington State. I was able to get an apartment, no money down, no first month rent, no last month rent. It was all because the manager at the apartment at that time's daughter spoke so highly of me when I worked at the high school that she trusted me. She knew all I had was my book. I had a great reputation. So your reputation, when you have nothing, is everything. I, I would go to speak at schools. So there I was able to take my books and you know the teachers would buy the book or it was more word of mouth. And then another friend said, you should come to Chicago for the Black Women's Expo. I'll buy your plane ticket if you can get here. And I was like, Okay, I remember coming in. I had these leather boots on, and it was a shoe shine place. So I didn't even get into the expo itself. The shoe shine man, he was like, "What are you doing here?" And I said, "Oh, I I don't have a booth." And he was like, "You don't have a booth?" I was like, "Nope, I'm just trusting God that somebody's gonna buy my book, and then somebody's gonna tell somebody, and somebody's gonna tell somebody." And he was like, "Wait a minute." And so then he called this other man over. He said, "You need to talk to this sister right here." So then he he was like, get up, get up in that chair. So I got in the chair with my boots and he started shining my boots and he told the other man, talk to her. He talked to me and he was like, what, what is it that I need to know about you? I said, um, I'm an author of a book. It's entitled You Matter, What Would Living in Your Purpose Every Day Look Like? And he said, what are you doing here? And I said, well, I don't have a booth, but I'm trying to sell my book. I live in Washington State and I fly out tomorrow. And he said, can you change your flight so you can be on my show? I'm a radio talk host. So then that led to more book sales and more people reaching out. And I I say all the time, it was by plane, train, and automobile, because I drove hundreds and hundreds of miles. I flew thousands of miles and I took the train, but um, it was nothing but my faith in God. And I will always acknowledge that because that's how it all happened.
0: What an amazing story. And somewhere in there, you started running and you haven't stopped. Why running? Like, is it a wellness practice for you? How did that come about? Because this is an important part of your life now, for sure. In
1: 2015, one of my goals for 2016 was to run a half marathon. And that was it. It was just to just check it off to say that I could do it because... I hated running. I ran away from running. When I started training, I found a training plan online. I was just, I just Googled half marathon. I wasn't, I didn't know about any run clubs. I didn't know about any organizations. I didn't know anything. I didn't even know how to dress as a runner. When I started training, I told a friend who I did Zumba with, and she said, you should join black girls run. And I was like, black girls run? Black, there's black girls that run and they, and they call themselves black girls run. Like what, <laughs> what is this? Um, I went for a Saturday. She told me that to she'll me to look up the information and I met up with them for a Saturday run early on into my training. They were pretty cool. And then um one of them said, you need to go and get um a foot analysis done so you can get the proper, you know, running shoes. So I did that. And then I was like, Oh my God, these, these shoes cost $150. Who does this? Wait, what? I, I was so confused. <laughs> but, um, so while I trained, I knew that I would follow this plan no matter what. That's one thing about me. If I say I'm going to do something. I pretty much won't let anything stop me. I'm self-driven, self-motivated. I don't need to really have anybody hold me accountable. If I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. And then when I put myself out there, that's my accountability because I'm not going to lie about it. So I follow this training plan. I prepare myself by writing out every day on a calendar because back then I didn't know the luxury of having a Garmin watch and putting in training runs and all that. So I had a paper calendar. I still write down things, but I followed it to a T and every week was a long run, a longer run, a longer run. And before I started training for this, the longest I had ever ran was three miles. And it was never a thought that I can't do this because I knew since I set the goal, I was going to do it. What happened most Longer run days, I would run into people. And I was able to start sharing, you matter. And it became like part of my run journey. When I started training, every Saturday was my long runs. And it just, I was able to just share the message throughout my training. That's how I started with running. And it was supposed to just be that one half marathon. I ran that first half marathon and when I finished, My friend Angela was like, now you got to run a marathon. I was like, no, I don't.
0: But Um, you have, because now you've run multiple marathons. And I know that you have a really big goal for this year. So what is that goal and how can we help you? So
1: 2023, I ran two world major marathons. I ran Berlin Marathon and I ran New York City Marathon. And both were incredible in their own ways, in January 2023, I told myself once I get through New York and everything, Boston is my goal for 2024. I don't know how it's going to happen. I know that um to run Boston, you need to have um there's charities cuz I'm not fast enough. I would I know that I would not qualify um Boston qualify and that's okay because you know, it's not for everyone to qualify. We all have different paces. We all have a different purpose for why we run. I said that I was going to do it. I didn't know how. And while I was in Berlin, I met someone that ended up leading to, it was one connection. Then I met somebody else in October for another connection. And then I met somebody else, but all the charities that I, you know, put out for, they said that they were full and I know they put me on a waiting list but i just kept saying okay god i don't know who but i know you're gonna do it and you know i was willing to raise ten thousand so dollars i know the average is ten thousand dollars to do a charity and um i received the email just two weeks from running new york city marathon in november hey Jamaica, just letting you know we have a spot um, it's yours if you want it. I, I've also reached out to other people. So first come, first serve, blah, blah, blah. I immediately emailed back. And then I was like, Oh, there's a phone number. Let me text real quick. And I text. And then the next day we talked and you know, I'm like, my excitement was like, ah! I, it is extremely hard. People will fight to get a charity bib for Boston because that I'm sure whatever the percentage is is very low for those who will boston qualify. And even when you boston qualify, it's not a guarantee that you will get selected. So I know and I acknowledge and I thank God and um I'm so grateful for that. So the charity is the Newton Police Memorial Association. Running for this charity in honor of this charity is um it was easy to choose And um, easy to accept because I have six personal friends who are police officers around the world. I have witnessed um, the tragedies that happen in, in the line of duty. And so this memorial fund helps those family members. I feel very blessed and very honored to be able to get donations to go for the Newton which is in, you know, the Boston area. But I just think about the people that I know and it's for those family members that are, you know, left to deal with so many things that people don't even think about. I just want to make sure that I give credit to the charity that I'll be running for.
0: We're now in February and you're two months away. I mean, the race is April 15th. So, how close are you?
1: I'm so close. But I just believe by faith that God will put those in my life to be a blessing to me, to know that I would honor whatever donation that they give and give my best at Boston dream come true. I'm not worried and I just have to keep showing up. I just have to keep showing up and believing.
0: So, you've had this incredible journey, and clearly it's been full of optimism, it's been full of favor, it's really seen. It's like one thing builds on the next thing, which builds on the next thing, and things just unfold as they are meant to unfold. But there have had to have been challenges along the way. So what challenges have you had to face as you've tried to achieve all of these different goals that you've talked about? And how do you overcome your challenges? Any concrete things that you do?
1: There's been so many challenges, but I'll say the the top thing is I pray. I pray a lot. When I first started running, my youngest child was three or four. And so my oldest was um, 13, 14. I knew I had to get up early in the morning, but my oldest would always say, um, I got him, you know, I'll take care of him. Don't worry about it. Go, you know, go run. So when I had to get up early in the morning at five, five 30 in the morning, um, he made sure he would tell me the night before, you know, go go do go do what you got to do. The, the more challenges came, I would say, later on. So when you start balancing running with working a full-time job and taking care of your children and being a full-time sports mom, it was, how am I going to get it in? At one point in time, my oldest son and my youngest son were playing football. I did not like to miss a game. And there was um, Saturday games and Thankfully, a lot of times the Saturday games were at the high school stadium and then across the field, way, way, way down across the field was my youngest son's football games. So I could try to be, you know, at both places, but I still needed to run. So either I would get up early in the morning and run, or I would run after both of their games during the week practices. So I wanted to sometimes watch practice for my youngest so what i would do is go run and try to run kind of fast and then finish so i could see part of this practice so i would utilize that time because i had to figure out how was i going to be able to get it in fitting it in with work if i didn't get up early in the morning because i'm not an early morning person you know when would i be able to do it i've been able to do a lot of lunch runs but sometimes they're in the evening, but yeah, I just try to think, I mean, I pray and I'm like, okay, God, you know, I want to run. What, 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 do I need to do? And I just like think brainstorm. I mean, we brainstorm about so many other things in our life. I, I had to brainstorm. How can I fit this in? How can I do this? And it's planning. You have to plan. You have to set your clothes out the night before, and then tell yourself no matter what you're going to go do it period. Like nothing can come in between that. And then if you're, you know, telling me or putting it out there, that's holding yourself accountable.
0: And I love that because, you know, I say all the time that you will make time and prioritize those things that are important to you. So, Mm. you know, you're talking about very practical things like calendaring it out and having your clothes and your water bottle and everything that you need ready, having accountability of some sort. And it sounds like in your life, your accountability, you put it out there and that's it. You're going to do what you say you are going to do because integrity is a really important part of your life. And I have so much respect for that. I love that. I love that. Thank
1: you.
0: You know, when I was training for my Ironman, part of that was running a marathon at the end of the whole thing. So as you're sitting here talking about how you fit that in with life and with work and with kids and with all of these things, I feel you that resonated. I mean, it's not easy, but it's, it's doable. You go after the things that you want, right? So Jamaica, what do you think is the most interesting thing about you? You know,
1: a lot of times I feel like I find out more from other people because I think I'm just a regular person. I'm just a regular person, just living, trying to help other people live their best life. And in the process, you know, I try to live my best life, but I always put others before me. I don't want to say that I do too much, but I do do too much. But I don't know. A lot of people you know, look at me and they wouldn't know what I've been through, or they think that I have it so easy. People think that I've had it so easy or that I go through challenges so easy. I don't have time because I know, and maybe it was, you know, my upbringing coming up, a divorced parents, single mom, you know, watching her struggle. Like I know how to struggle, but I also know how to thrive. So when I feel myself struggle, I just lean on what I know to survive. And that's my faith in God and remembering everything that I've already been through. Failure is not an option for me.
0: Well, let me ask you this. If you were to equate a marathon to maybe a new journey that you're starting out with or you know something that you haven't done before, what would be one thing that you would want to hear at the first mile of your race? And what would be something that you would want to hear at the 23rd mile of your race when you're starting to hit that wall and you're starting to wonder, man, (laughs) am I going to make that finish line?
1: Maybe at the beginning, that first mile is, it's okay to start and it's okay to be and it's okay to feel unsure and it's okay to not know what's ahead but be present in this moment right now and embrace this moment right now. Know that you are already prepared and you're equipped to get through this. And then at mile 23, it would be trust your training, trust your mind, trust your heart, and know that all you have to do is just keep moving. All you have to do is just see, see the finish. But you have to get there to see it. So if you stop, you're not going to finish. But just know, even when you get there and you finish, the marathon still continues because you've achieved and you're going to keep wanting more. But you will get there. It's going to take a little more time, but you'll get there.
0: So I feel like you're just walking in purpose. Recently, I've been doing this study and they say that your calling is what you're really meant to do. And your purpose is sort of the way that you live out your calling. I see in your life that you have been living out your calling with this incredible legacy with a book that focuses On helping people plug into their purpose and their own legacies. A book tour when you didn't even know how to do it and you just said, you know what? I'm going to go do this thing. And that led to then establishing other goals to this running goal, which is not about you and it's not about miles. It's about, in the case of Boston, helping out the charity that you're running for. It's about finding that inner strength and that courage and all of those things that you just said at mile one. And at mile 23, when you feel like you're hitting the wall. So as you leave this incredible legacy, any parting thoughts about what you hope people learn or remember about your story or about their own stories that they're writing?
1: I would just say, I mean, like everything you just said about Boston is, is about me. I have to get there, but it's not about me because I run races differently. Um, Because my purpose is to encourage and motivate and inspire others that if I can, you can too. Not that my journey will be the same as yours. I just hope that people will be inspired by my journey to know that, again, it doesn't matter where you started. It's really about where you're going and how you finish. The marathon isn't always fast in life sometimes things happen and they catch us off guard and we can think that something is meant for us and realize that it wasn't every runner is running a different race and as long as you keep setting goals you will achieve them you just have to give yourself grace my friend, Shanice, that's that's my accountability partner with weight. We've been friends for thirty over 30 years. And one thing that she has said to me that we hold on to um, in one of our talks was grace and space. You have to give yourself grace and you have to give yourself space to be able to do the things you want to do or space to separate yourself from things that are not for you, but give yourself grace and space as you run this marathon of life.
0: Well, thanks, Jamaica, for sharing your insights with us today. I know that we are all wishing you the best of luck in Boston, Boston Strong, and we can't wait to see everything that you post on social media, including your photos. Yes, it's going to be great. So listeners, thank you for tuning in. If you want to help Jamaica realize her dream in Boston, I will go ahead and put the link in the show notes, and I'll also put a link to her charity. So you can find out more information about that. So be sure to like the podcast and subscribe. So you don't miss out on any of these amazing stories. And I will see you all next Friday for another episode of two gals and a Mike.